You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today I'm talking about how to network effectively at events. I've got a slew of marketing and networking events coming up, and so I'm mapping out my business and marketing goals for these events just so that I can network effectively and make the most of my time there. So today I'll be taking you under the hood and sharing some of my top tips for effective networking at events. Now let's start with the whole concept of networking events. They could be conferences, expos, those sorts of things. But if you're like most people, you might think, oh, that seems like a good event. I might go to that. And then you attend and you listen to the speakers or meet a few people, maybe swap a few business cards and then go home. And you might spend a lot of money or time to get there, or you might not spend much at all. But If you don't have a plan and if you haven't chosen the right events, you might get little or no return from events that could actually rather give you such a great opportunity. So I'm going to walk you through a process to make the most of any networking events that you attend so that you do more than just show up. You learn how to best network effectively, exchange value with the people that you're meeting and gain important insights that are going to help you to grow personally and or professionally. Let's start with finding relevant events. It's one thing to decide that you're going to attend events, but I suggest that you focus on finding truly relevant events that are going to give you the most impact in your business. For example, it could be tempting to sign up for events that are short or cheap or purely online, like a one-hour webinar for $20 or something like that. But it might actually be better for you to attend a live event or to pay more money or to attend a bigger event or a better event that's going to give you more opportunities in your business. Time's money. Time's valuable. So if you're going to spend precious time on events, why not make them events that are going to really give you some great opportunities in your business? You'd be looking for events that interest you, of course, and that are related to your specialty uh, or that might link you with potential clients or potential referral partners. So they're the sorts of things you're looking for. The idea is to maximise your exposure to quality people and to find good opportunities to collaborate, to get introductions to clients, to get professional visibility and to boost your reputation. Most industries have a list of events that occur during the year. For example, in coaching, you can find relevant events in a few different ways. One way is to search online for coaching conferences 2022, something like that, and maybe even adding your locality or your state can help you to narrow down and see what's ahead for the coming year and make some good decisions. Another thing you can do is to join a newsletter list for a coaching organisation that regularly hosts events, for example, HACANSA, our industry association in Australia for health coaches, ICF, the Institute of Coaching. Those sorts of places often host events through the year and they have a great calendar of events. So by getting on their newsletter list, you can see what's coming up and finding something that's relevant in terms of the, the coaching arena. You can also find events in your niche area that might attract niche clients or collaborative businesses. Two places you can look for events that might attract your niche clients could be Eventbrite, 
and I'm including a link to that in the show notes. That's a great place to start because there's lots of different sorts of events listed there. And LinkedIn also hosts regular online events, and that's another great option. I'll give you a bit of an example of how to make events work in your favour. My first business was an environmental consulting company, and I was a co-founder of that business. And when we were starting out, a lot of people were going to these mining industry trade shows or they were trying to find their clients at those places. We actually found out that there was a client event that happened every two years and none of our competitors in the environmental consulting world were going there. So our company showed up and networked with a whole bunch of potential clients who were doing research into environmental aspects of mining. And we got in front of a lot of people there while nobody else was around. So what does this mean for you? Well, perhaps you have a niche like stress management or weight loss, and you could actually go to an event that your clients are going to rather than any sort of a coaching-based event. And then you can rub shoulders with other businesses that might service your clients and look for collaboration there. So getting clear on the best events for you might take a bit of thinking and reflection, but there are plenty of opportunities out there for you to create opportunities by choosing the right event. Once you've chosen an event, the next thing is to say, well, why am I going? Because this is going to help you to set some really clear goals. There's generally one good reason why you would decide to attend a particular event. And then most people go, well, that seems interesting, or I like that speaker, and they show up at that event. And rather than just doing that, I encourage you to use the five whys method of unpacking all of the reasons why you're attending well in advance. Because if you explore all of your whys, all of the benefits, all of the possible outcomes and results, all of the opportunities, it might help you to find some ways to do some really effective marketing or make important connections so that you really make the most of your time spent at the event and your money. And those things might enable you to set some really clear goals that will help you to achieve exactly what you want to achieve in your business. I want to walk you through some examples. Right now I'm preparing to present at or attend three events. The first is the Share Your Brilliance Online Summit, May 23rd to 27th, and I'll include a, a link for a free ticket in the show notes. The second is the Digital Health Festival in Melbourne, May 31 to June 1, and then the Hakansa Coaching Conference on the Gold Coast, June 2 to 3, and there are some tickets left for that. I'll include a link in the show notes for that one too. Now I'm speaking at a couple of those and attending one, but I've mapped out some whys for each of them so that I make the most of my time there, so that I get the maximum value I can from a networking perspective. For example, I have three marketing goals for the Digital Health Festival in Melbourne. I'm attending that one and manning a booth on behalf of Philia Labs, which is a company where I'm the head of growth and a co-founder. So goal number one for the Digital Health Festival is to connect with like-minded people who are working to advance remote monitoring and measurement of mental health. And that's going to help me to stay abreast of cutting-edge knowledge that might help the company that I'm working for. Secondly, I might meet some really important networking contacts who can refer potential partners or investors to our company or who could provide support synergistically to Philia Labs. And thirdly, 
I might be able to secure a certain number of appointments to see demonstrations of Philia Labs' product. So I'm really clear on the reasons why I'm attending that digital health festival. Similarly for the Hercansa conference, I have three goals for that. Now I've also got a link to tickets for that conference too, if you're interested in coming along. It's an in-person conference on the Gold Coast as well, um, like the Melbourne one is an in-person conference. So for the Hakanza one, I really want to inspire coaches when I give my presentation, and I'm going to do that by explaining how you as a coach can break ground and create an impact in your coaching business, and I'm going to be showing some great case studies of that. Number two is I want to meet some network connections and potential collaborators on both digital health and women's health projects that I'm working on. So I've identified a few speakers and a few attendees that I really want to have some conversation with that might result in some very fruitful collaboration for us both. And thirdly, I want to engage with all of my students that I've taught Passion to Profit to or uh, wellness coaching studies through Wellness Coaching Australia. I want to engage with clients who I've only ever met online. And I want to see where they're at with their business and identify how I can best support them or connect them with opportunities. So they're my broad objectives for those two events. I've got three for the Digital Health Conference and three for Hikanza. But for each of the events, I've worked out which people specifically that I want to talk to and how many follow-up appointments I'd like to book. It sounds like a nitty-gritty detail and maybe you don't like organising and planning, but let me just say this, when you have more specific targets, it means that you can show up and network purposely and professionally and achieve some goals that will progress your business activities and growth. So having that plan gives you a laser sharp focus, you know, what to do, who to talk to and where to go. And you feel more confident when you do that. Now let's talk a bit more about what happens next. Let's talk about speakers and attendees. As you've just heard with my goals, it's great to identify both speakers and potential attendees that you might like to talk to at an event, whether it's online or in person. For example, at the online Share Your Brilliance Summit, the first one I'm attending and I have a presentation at, I've identified some really wonderful speakers who will also be at the summit and who could help me or some of my clients with different specialist areas of business. So, for example, there are a couple of people there that do slightly different things than me. And I know that if I have a student that's done passion to profit and they need specialist help, I can immediately refer them to that other person. And that's a win for me and for the person that I want to that I've been working with. So being clear on who I want to network with means that I'm primed to connect with them and perhaps some of the audience at those presentations. That's one example, but I've done the same thing for those other two conferences, figured out who am I going to speak to and what am I going to talk to them about? Which leads me to the next point. Once you've figured out who you want to talk to and what sorts of people you might want to network with in the audience, how do you break the ice and connect? Because it's one thing to go to the event to see the speakers and figure out who you'd like to talk to, but on the day you'll need to be clear and confident about how you want to approach them and what sorts of things you might want to talk to them about. It's great to start thinking about some interesting icebreakers to start conversations with people that you haven't met before. 
Maybe you also want to practice your elevator pitch too so that you feel ready and confident about engaging. I actually recorded a full podcast episode on winning icebreakers a few months ago, well, actually about a year ago now, and I'm going to provide a link to that in the show notes. Once you get past the first hurdle of breaking the ice and starting the conversation, then you're ready for connection, which simply means put on your coaching hat and ask all about them, listen and reflect. Ask the questions that you're curious about and bring that passion and curiosity and engagement to the table. See if you can work out also what the person's needs, wants or gaps are. If you're talking to a client, for example, how could you help them? Even if it's somebody more senior to you, what are their needs? What are they, what are they struggling with? Feel comfortable about asking them what, what sorts of challenges they're facing in business or what their plans are for the next few months. Look for common ground and synergies. You never know what sorts of opportunities might come up. For example, uh, someone reached out to me recently to ask a question on LinkedIn, an ex-student, and I mentioned that I couldn't answer, but I could plug them into someone who could. So that was a direct result of my previous networking efforts was that I could connect that person with another person who could help. And a really interesting thing happened was we started a online conversation and said, remember when we spoke about this project that you're doing? And I thought, oh, yeah, actually, this person could be really useful in the project that I'm going to be doing soon. Now they're front of mind and I'm going to keep them in mind as somebody who could potentially be part of that. So just by having those conversations and hearing what people are doing, it's easy to look for synergies and to find them and then build relationships. When you're at an event where you've never met the person before, let's say that you connect and you think, no, they're not my kind of person. That's okay. You can have a nice conversation and walk away. But if they ask someone that you'd like to build a professional relationship with, invite them to follow up. So how do you know that you've chosen the right person to follow up? That's probably a good question to ask yourself. Well, firstly, there's the personality fit. You have to have good chemistry and feel really comfortable with that person to have a mutual respect and trust. And from there, you probably would then look to thinking about that person falling into one of six categories. And these are categories of people who could be helpful for you professionally. <clears throat> Maybe you just want to be friends with them and that's enough. But in a business opportunity sense, they could be either an ambassador for your business or an influencer to help you gain visibility. They could be someone who could refer you to clients or other people. They could be a collaborator or a partner. They could be a lead, as in a potential customer, or they could be a prospect, as in someone who's really engaged and close to buying and interested in what you're doing. So just to distinguish leads from prospects there. So we've got ambassadors, influencers, referrers, collaborators, leads and prospects. Generally, the people you'll meet at a networking event would fall into one of those categories or they may be just someone that you'd like to stay in touch with on a friendly basis. What I recommend you do is to keep notes of the people that you like, perhaps in your phone, add some notes, write down their name, perhaps the details of their business or their website or email, and also the category that you'd assign them to. 
So let's say that you go to a conference and you meet Jane Smith and you've had a great chat. You walk away and you open up a note on your phone and you say, Jane Smith could be someone that could refer me to potential clients and her business is complimentary. Write yourself a little note so that in the weeks following the conference, you've got something to refer back to, to remind you of what you spoke about. It's a bit like what they used to do in the olden days. I don't know if they still do at weddings. You know, you'd get a wedding gift with a card and then at the end of the, of the day, the bride and groom would sit down and write on the card which present was given to them by that person so they could send a thank you note. So that's kind of the similar sort of thing we're talking about here. Meet the person, record a bit of information about the value exchange that you had, and then you're able to follow them up and, and remember what was spoken about. And so let's talk about following up. You'd probably be looking to create follow-up situations in one of several ways, depending on the type of client that, oh, not client or contact that you've made, I should say. You know that at a live event, you might swap business cards with someone. And sure, that's a great way to get the ball rolling, but you need another step because that business card's going to end up in your bin or shut up in a drawer somewhere. I know I've got millions of them, cards that I've never used or followed up because they weren't relevant. I suggest, therefore, you take it a step further. Get the business card out, agree on a date for a coffee catch-up online or in person and write it on the card and give it to them. That way you have a firm commitment to follow up with a person and they'll keep the card. The way you decide to connect is going to depend on the category of person that you're talking to. So we just talked about those categories a minute ago, ambassadors, influencers, referrers, etc., leads. So let's talk about what that looks like in terms of following up. Let's say that you met an ambassador. There's somebody who's quite well known and they want to tell other people about you and showcase what you're doing because they're talking to a similar audience. Or maybe you've met someone who's quite an influencer and has a following and you want them to mention you on their social media, for example. Then follow-ups could be you sending a private message to them on social media saying, hey, remember we met at the conference. It could be you following them and asking them to follow you. And you might also share some of their posts to help them get some visibility or to show that you have an alliance. I did this recently with somebody, um, a company I work for was introduced to somebody who's quite well known in mental health we invited him to be part of a trial that we were running. So he took part in the trial, gave us some great feedback, and then he voluntarily mentioned us on social media, which was great because our company got a mention and was associated with somebody who's quite an ambassador for mental health, which is a great link to have. So in return, we actually helped share his post and are trying to make connections for him and his business. So it's really a case of that synergistic effect and helping each other out. And that's what I love about networking. So that's the example of an ambassador or an influencer and how you might follow up. So it's generally going to be social media connection or email uh, and sharing of content. But let's say you came across someone who might refer you to clients or someone that you could collaborate with. In that sense, the follow-up is probably more likely going to be a Zoom meeting or a coffee date 
so that you could sit down and talk about possibilities of working together or at least helping each other out, cross-referrals, how it will work, those sorts of things. In that sort of situation with referrers and collaborators, it's likely that you would be catching up with them every few months and have that appointment in your diary so that you can stay on track of the things that they might be promoting and you can let them know what you're promoting. So you'd have that agreement to keep catching up so that you could continue to cross-promote and share the love. The last couple of categories, if you met people at a conference that were potential leads, people who could be interested in what you're doing, or prospects, people who are interested in what you're doing and potentially ready to buy, then you could invite them after the conference to follow you on social media, to sign up to your newsletter. You might email them a useful article or podcast that could be valuable to them. For example, hey, Sally, remember we met at the conference? I know you were talking about struggling to break the ice at networking events and I created a podcast on that last year which might be useful. So here's the link. Uh, if you'd like to stay in touch, here are some places you can connect with me on social media. I'd love to speak to you again online. So something like that's really simple. You're going there offering value, a resource that could be helpful and inviting them to connect with you. And if they do connect and interact, you could organise a Zoom meeting or a coffee date or something for another conversation to ask how she's going and what's going on for her and whether she needs any help. So we talked about a lot today. As you can see, there's more to just booking and showing up at, a, at an event. Events present an opportunity to create connections that can help you to grow and build your business and help you personally as well. Excuse me. A little bit of a hiccup there. As discussed, it's really about starting with what events are relevant and will give you the best opportunities first. And from there, it's about saying, what's your why? What are your goals? Who's attending and who would you like to speak to? How will you connect with those people? And what will your follow-up strategy be? I hope this has been helpful. And you might like to go back now for any events you've got coming up and Create those subheadings that I've just gone through. Your why, your goals, who's attending, how you'll connect or break the ice and how you'll follow up. And make a bit of a plan, a one-pager, just to help you make the most of that coming networking event. I hope that's been useful. And if you need help with networking events, hit me up on my contact page. But definitely check the links out in this episode for a couple of those conferences that still have tickets left. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.